Hello, and welcome to the Needs Improvement Podcast, your regular deep dive into reimagining mental health and well-being in the workplace. I'm your host, Nicholas Whitaker, coach and co-founder of the Changing Work Collective. In every episode, we sit down with thought leaders in organizational health, as well as individuals who've navigated the complexities of mental health, well-being, and belonging in the workplace. Our goal? To dismantle the stigma surrounding mental health, ignite meaningful dialogue, and inspire both employees and leaders to revolutionize the way performance is gauged at work. So if you're eyeing a healthier, happier chapter in your professional life, you're in the right place. Together, let's transform the places we work into the places we would love to be. Let's dive into what needs improvement. All right. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Needs Improvement Podcast. I'm here with Daniel Height, and I'm very excited to give you an opportunity to hear from him and hear his story. Daniel, welcome. Thank you, Nicholas. Good to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So let's see. 42, husband, father, based in the greater Toronto area, and uh, founder of More Than Our Story, which has been the culmination of the last three years of my life. Very cool. Very cool. So tell me a little bit, we can start in a couple different directions here, but you know, since you've got this startup that you've created and you've got this whole initiative, maybe we could start there and talk a little bit about what brought that to be and like what kind of drives the passion behind that project. Sure. Yeah. So as I said, it was the, the culmination of the last three years of my life. I was happily employed as a consultant with Couch and Associates, they're a MarTech consultancy. One morning I had a, on a video call with my colleagues, I had a tonic colonic seizure, mm-hmm. what have been known previously as grand mal seizures. And that was over three years ago. I was subsequently rushed to the hospital where I was informed that I had a large brain tumor. So not really, not really a lot of time to process things. The following morning, I had a subsequent scan for a more detailed look, and I was immediately recommended that I undergo an awake craniotomy. So that's for those that are not familiar with the term, it's an open skull brain surgery while you're awake Mm. to remove as much of the tumor as they could without damaging my speech and motor faculties as the tumor resided in those cortexes. Next week marks the three-year anniversary of the operation. To the operation and a follow-up biopsy, my cancer was identified as an incurable astrocytoma, Mm -hmm. incurable but treatable. And uh, throughout that time, my employer was incredibly supportive Mm -hmm. and thus began my journey with brain cancer and my eventual path towards founding more than our story. Thank you for sharing uh, that journey. I mean, that must have been a lot to hold and a lot to deal with. So uh, first of all, I'm just really glad that you're here with us still and that you can even share this story. But uh, what an amazing opportunity to turn that into something even bigger, potentially helpful for other people. Tell us a little bit more about your startup and what the actual uh, basis of it is. It's a company that I founded devoted to promoting healthy lifestyles through articles my fellow contributors and I have written based on health, fitness, recipes, but the cornerstone of more than our story, it's profiles. I I engage with everyday heroes, much as we're doing right now, we're having a conversation and sharing a story. I engage with 
not just those who have incurable or terrible diseases overcome insurmountable obstacles of their own. We highlight people whose stories serve as inspirations. I find that knowing our stories are not unique helps make us stronger and it truly makes all the difference. And the, the final little part of the my company's mission, it's to give back because mm -hmm. it's it's our responsibility to take care of each other. So we, we donate a set amount from every purchase on our website towards the cause of your choice. And our causes focus on physical health in the Canadian Cancer Society, mental health, Center for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto, and the environment in the World Wildlife Fund Canada. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot to what brought you to the point of deciding to kind of create this startup, but let's take a couple steps back. You know, you were mentioning that you're in the middle of a call at yep. work when this first seizure occurred. Had you had any kind of indication of any struggles or any issues prior to that? Or was that kind of like the first <laughs> opportunity? It's funny. Looking back now, there were always little signs, um, things that were creeping into my life so slowly that I didn't think twice about them. The first indication was my right eyelid would dance occasionally. Hmm. And I'm sure we all got that. I just brushed it off as I must be tired. Nothing so bothersome to warrant a deeper look than two individual occurrences happened where I woke up with blood on my pillow and a sore tongue. Mm -hmm. So I, I brushed off the first one as, again, lots of brushing off here in hindsight. I wish I had known a little bit more, but I assumed, you know, I might've had a nightmare. I bit my tongue in my sleep. That's fine. Uh, the second in indication that something was going on simmering under the surface, uh, I woke up a second time my pillow was covered in blood. I had a big chunk out of my tongue and a, so, uh, a sore shoulder. Mm. Uh, it was at this point that I <clears throat> went to a general practitioner who referred me to an ENT. And it's before that appointment happened that I had the seizure that I just referred to on my call. Wow. Wow. So it sounds like it was kind of like pretty quick onset in terms of like the, the overall experience. Is that kind of like what it was from your perspective? It, it truly was when I still remember when the doctor came in and said, you've got a, a, a large tumor in your brain. I still thought I still had no, no idea that anything was wrong. Yeah. It was, it was a shock to say the least. I really hadn't had any time to process the information uh, before the doctor came in and said, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. So yes, it was, it was very rapid from, as I said earlier, dancing eyelids to diagnosis mm -hmm. it was probably six months, I think. Wow. Wow. You know, you mentioned too, that your, your company that you were working at at the time, it was very supportive. Like what was that experience like in terms of like, just first of all, just being on a call and like having an experience like that. And then how was that received afterwards? Like what was the follow-up and, and all of that look like? Well, first of all, the, the experience was terrifying, but more so just confusing because 
when it happened, I didn't wasn't sure what was actually going on. I'd never had a seizure in my life, mm-hmm. and it's it, the onset. I knew I could feel something was starting to happen for a few seconds, and I remember my colleagues saying just some comment to me because I, I can't quite remember the audio anymore that um, took place, but they were asking me if I was all right. And then my, my VP who was also on the call, she immediately called the, the ambulance and they stayed online with me until uh, I think in fact, the, the paramedics, it was this room I'm sitting in here. The paramedic, thankfully my front door was open. Thankfully my office door was open, but they stayed with me until the paramedics picked me up and put me on a stretcher and brought me out of the room. Wow. That was actually the last official day that I worked with my company, but behind the scenes, they were there the whole point, the whole time kind of guiding me through setting me up on disability, short-term leave at first, and then long-term disability. HR was extremely helpful. I'm, I I'm, am good friends with the CEO, the owner, which is helpful, but mm. it was, it, it went on, it went on, it was more than that. The, the level of friendship and compassion that I felt from them was very great. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's not always the case. You know, I hear a lot of stories from folks that have had similar types of experiences with well-being or health or mental health, and they don't always get that kind of support from their organization. So it's really encouraging to hear stories like this where people are supported and they are taken care of in that way. I'm kind of curious too, like, you know, so after, after this all occurred, like how long was it before you kind of like started to transition into like different types of work or into different types of like basically starting your startup? So it was a long period of rehab for me. I needed to basically get myself, look after myself before I could even figure out what was next. Mm-hmm. Then I set a goal and then I, then I could set my, my eyes upon, you know, what, what is it I want to do? I knew immediately that I wanted to give back, but before I could get to that place, there was a long road of rehab, physical uh, rehab and rehabilitation. So when I came out of the post-operatively, I was, I had to regain control over the right side of my body because hmm. it's, it's very common when you have a uh, brain surgery on the left hemisphere that there's post-operative partial, or in my case, full paralysis on the right side of the body. So I needed to obviously regain my my strength. My ability to speak had been, was very compromised. So I needed to work with speech language pathologists. And these were all given to me by my employer. Well, overseen through the insurance company, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there was a long road ahead. And then really the first thing I did once I was able to control my body and start speaking was I wanted to regain my strength. Mm -hmm. So I set a goal of 
um, completing a, a half Ironman race within that calendar year. Uh, and I'm happy to report that I was able to do that. Nice. Congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And it was also that day that, um, just to bring this back to your question, it was also that day that I, I think more than our story was, was founded, at least formatively as a concept in my head, it, it was truly born that day. Mm. Yeah. And I'm imagining, you know, you probably had a lot of conversations with folks since then, you know, what, what would you say that the kind of the theme is that you hear from a lot of folks in terms of their overall experience of managing things like mental health or well-being or physical health challenges, particularly in the workplace? So I actually wrote an article recently for my, uh, my website, and I think it touches on a lot of the things that I have gleaned from talking to other people who have faced their own challenges. And it, it's, uh, you really have to embrace positivity and gratitude. So it's, it's, it's natural to experience grief and a range of, you know, complex emotions, but embracing a positive outlook can make a huge difference and really in your, your well-being and your, your quality of life, um, surrounding yourself with a strong support system is also crucial. Uh, I know for myself personally, reaching out to other cancer survivors before and after my operation was hugely helpful. And also part of the reason I found this thing in the first place was just that reason in particular. Another thing that's a common theme echoed is you need to prioritize self-care, nurturing your own physical and emotional health. Yes, you know, always listen to your healthcare team's recommendations, things like that around rest, diet, medications, whatever, but you doing things you love, um, things that bring you joy. I found my own calling through training for triathlons and open water swimming. The endorphins, it just, the exercise improved my mood and greatly, greatly improved my outlook. Some other things are setting realistic and achievable goals, mm -hmm. no matter how small, can really help you maintain a sense of purpose and accomplishment, whether it's mental health and you've got anxiety. If you say, I'm going to go up to one stranger today and strike up a conversation, that's small and it provides a sense of control and satisfaction and leads towards happiness. The other thing is people have often mentioned mindfulness and meditation as being um, a cornerstone of their their journey with their own struggles. It can help you find inner peace, uh, helps foster a sense of calm. And then finally, celebrating milestones, no matter how small, and just keeping a sense of humor. Those, those things, no matter what challenge you're confronted with, they're very core elements that are often echoed amongst people who have, who have gone through very transformative 
challenges, I'll mm-hmm. call them, but or obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's. I wonder too. You know, in terms of like challenges that you've experienced through this process, like what were some of the hardest parts of this for you? I think it was learning to tell myself that it's okay to not be your best and to have faith that time would regain and rebuild my, well, first of all, my speech and my strength and all of the things I was struggling with physically, but that even emotionally that I would be able to have the courage and the tenacity to go after these goals. And yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, is that a similar type of thing that you hear from other folks that you talk with through your startup in terms of the things that they're challenged with? Absolutely. I'm trying to think of a, a really salient one. So I actually, I interviewed, um, a woman named Carol Schulte last Friday who shared her own mental health struggles with me. And she basically transitioned that into, she found something called the brave initiative Mm -hmm. and published a book, the brave healing journal. And uh, she was able to basically share the tools that she had used to overcome her own mental health struggles and share that with other people through a, through a, a book to give them the tools to become, I think the, the phrase was the bravest versions of themselves. And she too, she, she was actually just diagnosed with cancer in the last, last few months. Mm-hmm. So she's going to have to put those, put those learnings into practice um, again for her, her own journey. Are there anything that, you know, through going through this experience and through talking with so many other people that have had similar types of experiences, are there particular recommendations that you would have, or are there things that you wish that organizations or leadership knew about how to manage situations like this differently or better? Yeah, absolutely. You know, people aren't a number. Everybody's got their own story. So it's not just a matter of, send them to HR and then HR will pass them on to in insurance. I, I think it really helps to keep the, the personal touch in there. And in my, my case too, guiding and helping the employees by giving them access to um, tools and professional mental health therapists, all of those kind of things. I think that's really the onus is on the employers to do better for their employers, employees, sorry, and just allow them to cure themselves using the tools that the employer makes available to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that a lot of folks that I talk to similar recommendations, similar types of things that they feel like they struggle with. A lot of the folks that I talk to, it's usually in the realm of mental health uh, versus like broadly a disability or another type of medical emergency that they've had. But a lot of folks that I talk to, they wish that there was a little less stigma around 
mental health and health struggles at work. And there's a little bit more open communication about these things. And in some cases, a lot of the folks that I talk to, they feel quite isolated after these incidences because there's just a lack of dialogue and a lack of vocabulary to be able to know how to even talk about these things. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on that. I don't think it's a lot. Yes, I, I fully agree with you, but I think it's, it's twofold. The people that are going through the, these struggles themselves often themselves don't have the emotional vocabulary or the just the the ability to express or put into words um what it is they're feeling how they're how they're feeling so i, I think it's a two-way street just the the stigma is real but i think one of the one one of the things i'm trying to do through my own initiative is sharing other people's stories to, I guess, give people access to the, to realize they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that one of the outcomes is that they're going to learn the, the vocabulary to access through other survivors, other people who are struggling. They really, until you've gone through something like in my case, a, a cancer diagnosis, I was I would talk to my friends and they'd all be, oh man, that's, that's terrible. You know, what can I do to help? And as much as that was very compassionate and very endearing, um, it wasn't until I spoke to, funny enough, she had the exact same type of operation mm. by the exact same doctor, Dr. Sunit Das. Oh, wow. at the exact same hospital, St. Michael's in Toronto. And before I went into my operation, um, her and I would chat endlessly. And it's it's really, that was, again, one of those formative things that made me realize that there needs to be some kind of forum for people to hear these stories because it's enough to, it's one thing to, put it all on the employer, but it's also the employees themselves who have difficulties understanding what it is they're going through. And if the employer was to provide, say, access to counseling groups or support sessions or just, you know, other tools that can mm -hmm. be of, of use to help access and open up the the minds of those who they employ yeah. to actually understand what it is they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine too, like, I mean, that's one of the things I was most excited to hear about like your project and the, the work that you're doing to help give voice to people that are going through these types of experiences. Like I know in my own personal experience, having been a part of mental health discussion groups and other types of uh, communities where I was able to share my experience and have other people help me find the language to describe what I was going through as well as find the language to explain to other people like what I needed in terms of support. That was incredibly valuable. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's enough of those types of opportunities in you know, our modern Western culture to really have those vulnerable conversations so that we can, first of all, I think you even mentioned it notice that like our experiences are not always that different, but also like by seeing and hearing other people's experiences and understanding what they struggled with and what they've overcome, I've experienced, I'm kind of curious if this has been your experience. 
I've experienced a lot of resilience and a lot of strength that I would not have maybe had otherwise after having had a chance to talk with people like that. It was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is like a human experience. Like this is something that's hard. You know, <laughs> there's 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 well-trodden paths already that people have gone down that can help me like give perspective and next steps. What, what's your take on that? I mean, do you, do you feel like that's like uh, a similar type of experience that you've noticed? Absolutely. I think understanding that we're not alone and our story is not unique truly makes us all stronger mm-hmm. and it gives us that resiliency to dig deep and have that grit within ourselves to truly access um, our strongest selves and be resilient. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I fully agree with that statement. Yeah. And is there anything like, you know, in terms of the near future that you're trying to do with your project or are there other groups that you've been kind of connecting with and, and seeing any progress being made in that, in that area in terms of like, creating environments that are easier for people to navigate mental or emotional or physical uh, health struggles. I'm still kind of actively building up my network in, in terms of other organizations. One organization I've recently been following it's MS for MS, which is mission stadiums for multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Their mission is to raise awareness of MS at major stadiums and to help raise funds directly for families with members that have MS and to basically help advance research at the John Hopkins Project to Restore MS Research Center in, in hopes of finding a cure. So I know one of the the people I profiled, Stephen Glaus, he was a U.S. Army vet who was diagnosed with uh, MS following his, following his service, and he basically retook control over his life, and he's now a multiple-time Ironman mm. and ambassador for this particular organization. So I think of definitely being engaged with him. Um, on in addition to that, I'm really just hoping to keep growing more than our story, continue to inspire others through sharing these stories of overcoming adversity of these everyday heroes. I want to continue raising awareness and compassion for people suffering from mental and physical ailments. And more of a personal goal, I have a year of chemotherapy upcoming. Mm. So my my goal is to just stay healthy and positive and get through that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wonder too, you know, like you mentioned kind of in passing this idea of like people reaching out and saying, Oh, how can I help? Is there anything I can do to support you? And yeah, I've, I've had that experience myself and it's always a little bit tricky because it's like, you don't always know what you need. You don't always know what like support would even look like. So it, it's often kind of onerous to ask the person who's going through an experience like that, like what would be helpful or what they would need. I wonder like what like an alternative would be, you know, or like what, what a different approach might be that you would recommend to folks that let's say they've got a loved one or a coworker or somebody that they know that's going through a hardship like that. Like what, what would be a different way of approaching that that you would have preferred? I think we need to look to our support network for that. For Steve and the guy I just was talking about, it was actually my wife who reached out to him over Facebook. Mm and told him about me and uh, 
it was over our shared love of, of Iron Man that we, we first connected. And then from there, the, the profile occurred. But I think really what we just need to do is listen to our coworkers. If they're struggling or we sense that they're struggling, it's as simple as just saying, how's it going today? Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how to answer that question or if I've truly answered what yeah. <laughs> your question. No, but I think, I, I think it really, it comes down to family and support and just being there for your coworkers. Yeah, and, and I, I think maybe what I hear in that too is like just the expression of care is maybe sometimes the most important component there and just, you know, the genuine expression of curiosity around what somebody's lived experience is. And you know, maybe not immediately tipping it back on that other person and saying, Hey, how can I help? But what I found really helpful personally is people suggesting different things. Hey, would it be useful if like I took you out to dinner? Would it be helpful if like, you know, we came over and just sat and talked for a while, like very basic things like that, you know, even just giving the individual who's going through that experience, the opportunity to say, no, that wouldn't be helpful can sometimes spur a thought around like, Oh, actually, yeah, maybe like going out to dinner wouldn't be great. But if you come over and we can order takeout and hang out, like that would actually be really lovely, you know? So like that maybe is like part of what I'm hearing in there is like the expression of care and the the offering of different opportunities could be uh, a good place to start for folks. Absolutely. Yes. So it sounds like you've got a bit of a journey coming up for yourself. You know, you've got this, it sounds like a longer-ish journey with chemo that you're going to have to deal with. How, how you fix your mindset going into that? I've, to be honest, this is not my first treatment journey. Following the operation, I had my rehab. And then when I was strong enough, um, I was told chemotherapy and radiation were recommended, but I was lucky enough to actually get the opportunity to partake in a human trial. So um, in order to gain entry to that, I had to forego the radiation and chemotherapy for a year Mm -hmm. and hope that there was no growth in my tumor. And I was lucky enough for a year that there was no growth. And then I spent a year and a half on the clinical trial until this past, I think it was September that I found out that my tumor had grown. Mm. So I immediately started six weeks of, what is it? It was daily radiation uh, and six weeks of daily radiation and daily chemotherapy. So I've just had a couple weeks of reprieve and then it's back into another, it's going to be a year. So 12 cycles Mm -hmm. of chemotherapy. So depending on my results, which I'm waiting to hear from the doctor any day now, the current slated treatment plan is five days of chemo and the rest of the month to kind of funny though you said how do I get my mindset how do I prepare myself going into this when I received my diagnosis so suddenly I hadn't really had time to process it um I think that was kind of helpful in a way I just I 
I, I told myself that I wasn't going to let this define me in the slightest. So I just never once let a negative thought in and I've just maintained positivity throughout my whole journey so far. Mm. <clears throat> and I think the one thing I would accredit it to would be the endorphins released by my training. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to complete my first full Ironman this coming November in the middle of my, or at the end of my <clears throat> chemotherapy cycles. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really that, um, the endorphins that are released through exercise, just it's hard to be negative when you're, you're so full of endorphins released from that positive reinforcement of working out and f using your muscles and using your body. So it's, it's, it's a combination of activity and just positivity. Yeah. Well, it's incredibly impressive. Like just doing a half Ironman or an Ironman for anybody in general is impressive, but doing that amidst dealing with this type of a health issue is like particularly commendable. So like, it's inspiring me, you know, I, uh, I wish you the very best. Was it November coming up? You said, yes, this coming November. Yeah. Well, we'll be cheering you on from afar for sure. Going through all of that. You know, if you were to, let's say like you had a magic wand that you could wave and you could make a, you know, anything easier for people generally going through experiences like this. Is there anything that comes to mind for you that like you really wish there was more of or less of that would just make it easier for people to kind of navigate these types of concerns? So it's funny that you, you ask that question because shortly after my operation, I was having a conversation with my friend and he's, he asked me, you know, would, would you change anything? What would you change? And, and I said, nothing. I said I would not change anything for the reason being that it really, it was a gift in disguise. It gave me knowledge, maybe a little bit dark, but the knowing what I had, where I'm going and what's probably going to be my demise was kind of very freeing mm -hmm. to, to come out of a, a near death um, situation unchanged would be, practically unheard of. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely freeing and kind of cathartic. And then it, it gave me the sense of a purpose too, which mm -hmm. was to use my story and to share, share other people's stories to help. So if I could share, shake my magic wand and make something different, I wouldn't make anything different. I would tell people to embrace what's going on mm -hmm. and look for the gift. Yeah. Look for the hidden gift. Yeah, such a great reminder. Yeah, and I wonder about that too. You know, a lot of folks that I've talked to who've gone through adversity or difficulties in health or, or well-being, they, they say something similar, you know, that, you know, after a period of time, they can look back on that experience and the transformation that they have gone through has usually been pretty profound. I wonder just in your experience, you know, even though what this has been like three years now that you've been kind of like managing this and dealing with it, how has your perspective shift or like what realizations have you had about your own life and your own experience by, by having this type of a thing go? I think I'm more grateful than ever. I don't get bothered by the small things anymore. It's made me more, it's, it's given me perspective. It's definitely shifted my perspective to, you know what, this goal isn't going to be completed today or this task is not going to be completed today 
that's fine. The bigger picture is we're here, we're healthy, we're still alive. Just embrace the day mm. to take the the words right out of Stephen's mouth. That's his his motto that he goes by. Yeah, yeah. Are there any words of wisdom or any suggestions that you would offer somebody else that might be facing a journey similar to this? That you know maybe there's anxiety or concern or worry that they're experiencing that, you know, is there anything in particular you'd like to share with folks that might make it easier for them to traverse these types of experiences? Yeah, you're not alone. Reach out. If it's your friends and your family, communicate with them. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, if you don't want to open up to them, there's professional help available. We don't need to go through these things alone, I, I guess would be my the one thing I would share. Stay positive and laugh, I would add to that. Yeah, yeah. Positivity, joy, and laughter, I feel like, is is such an important component of recovery and kind of going through adversity. Are there any things in particular that you found to be useful that kind of help stoke those fires of uh, joy and happiness and laughter? I would have to say, again, I love working out. So I, I, I truly got my joy from training day in, day out, getting stronger and seeing the improvements, the hard, the hard work was all worth it. So I imagine for other folks that maybe aren't uh, lining up to do an Ironman or a half Ironman, or maybe aren't so keen to be working out on a daily basis, you know, maybe it's, it's fine what works for you that kind of sparks joy and creativity and, and really double down on that and focus on that as, as an important part of your healing journey. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to be working out. It could be just like, you know, Deep breathing, yoga, meditation, something that you can easily integrate into your daily routine to help promote your emotional well-being and your happiness. Mm -hmm. Powerful tools to help you foster a sense of calm and happiness. And in terms of more than my story, what's next for that? And how would you like to see that grow? Uh, I'm hoping to publish a cookbook this year or next of all the recipes on there. Um, possibly publish a, a memoir mm-hmm. that more than my story, um, and just con- continuing to share stories of ins- inspiration. That's great. That's fantastic. If folks are interested in learning more about you or your projects or want to support you with your Ironman endeavor at the end of the year, like what's a good place to, for people to track you down and find you? More than our story, uh, one word, dot com. Nice. All right, Daniel, anything else you'd like to share? Any last words before we uh, wrap this one up? I want to just thank you for creating this fantastic space to help people overcome and share their own stories, their own experiences, uh, to help foster more positive workplace. Thank you. Mm. No, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's it's always been my delight to be able to host people and have the opportunity to share stories like this. It helps me a tremendous amount, as you mentioned, knowing that I'm not alone going through these things and the messages and the emails that I get from other people sharing similar types of stories after listening to some of these episodes has always been really encouraging. So I'm imagining you probably get a similar experience through more than our story as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, folks, if you're interested in learning more about Daniel, if you want to support him with his Ironman uh, journey later this year or learn more about more more about more than our story you can check out uh, the url in the speaker notes below and you can always just reach out to him directly via that url daniel thank you so much for sharing your story thank you for your courage and everything that you're doing and i wish you the very best in your recovery and i hope you a speedy is it right to say a speedy finish across getting across the finish line in the iron man it's like what's the if right I way get to get there healthy and in a positive mindset. I've already won. That's perfect. All right. Well, good luck. Hopefully we could stay in touch. We can track what you're, what you're up to. And if there's anything else we can do to support you along the way, let us know. Will do. Nicholas, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Daniel. And folks, thank you again for joining another episode of the Needs Improvement Podcast. As I mentioned below, all the links will be provided in the speaker notes and the show note descriptions. And feel free to tune in to the next episode of the Needs Improvement Podcast. comes out every month. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode of the Needs Improvement Podcast. If our conversation resonated with you, do us a favor, share this episode with your network. We'll be back next month diving even deeper into what needs improvement in the modern workplace. Until then, take what you've learned and make your workplace a better place to be. See you soon.